Hello, this is Dr. Terrence O.A. Sr. with my good friend and pastor brother, Brother Barry Dunn. And tonight we're just having a candid conversation that really was birthed out of just a Zoom session with our bishop. And in our discussion, uh, uh, as our bishop was talking, uh, I put in the, in the chat that as a pastor, you must have empathy. And we're going to talk about empathy on tonight. And this is just a, a chance for us to explore what empathy is, take the time to reflect on what a vein that we uh, express empathy. And many times people say that I have empathy for you, but do you really understand what empathy really is? It's different than sympathy. But anyway, but uh, Pastor Dunn and I are going to just have a, a great conversation. I'm going to just ask him before we get started, just kind of introduce yourself, Pastor, talk about a little bit about your background. You've done some great things I've known in the past year. I was so proud of you uh, and your profession, your work that you do in the ministry and the work of God. So uh, it's yours, uh, Pastor. Well, good evening, everybody. I'm Pastor C. Barry Dunn. I'm Pastor of the Williams Temple Church of God in Christ in Sandusky, Ohio. I've been the pastor there now for the past four years, and um, it's a blessing to serve there. I also work in the area of nursing, registered nurse. Recently obtained my bachelor's degree in nursing, which was uh, in December 2020. Prior to that, I've worked 23 years as a, as a dialysis technician in the same field of medicine, in which I still am in, at this point in time as well. And this is my, my background as nursing. In my career, I've learned that you have to have empathy in nursing, but also in a position of a pastor, you have to be able to exhibit empathy. And as Dr. Hayes said, um, it's different than sympathy. Empathy goes a little bit further than sympathy. And as pastors, we have to be able to see through the eyes of the people that we are serving and that we are ministering to. Oh man, you said something. See through the eyes of the people that we are ministering to. Could you just add a little bit more to that? Cause I'm gonna share a very special video. That's gonna be a good segue until, as you just mentioned, seeing through the eyes of the people. Absolutely, Dr. Hayes. Seeing through the eyes of the people and being able to, um, to, to look at what they're experiencing, the things that they've been through that led them to where they are in this time of need. Um, for example, you know, you may have someone who is battling drug addiction, and we can't be so quick to be an outcast and to, to push them away because they differ than us, but we have to see um, what are they dealing with? What are the things that cause them to be addicted? What are the struggles that they're facing? Were they growing up in, the, in an abusive home? Or did they grow up in a, in a dysfunctional household? Things of that nature. We have to be able to see their story and not be judgmental. You know, be able to be able to relate without condoning the bad behavior or the sin or, or those things of that nature. By no means am I saying that we should condone anything that's unholy or ungodly. I'm saying that we have to be able to see through their eyes so that way we can minister to them on their level the things that they need to be, to be able to receive that God has given us to offer them. Yes, sir. I love that. You know, use the word not being judgmental because, again, got to realize people are going through things in their lives and as you mentioned there is a reason what caused that what put them in that place and when they come to us as pastors ah 
Our arms should be open. Our ears should be attentive to listen and, and just to ex- allow them to express what it is that they may be going through without, without accusing, without attacking, without labeling, and without judging. Come on, somebody. I like that, Pastor. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, sir. You have, to, you have to have that approach. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is scripture that says, loving kindness have I drawn thee. And yes. in order for us to reach people, we have to do so in love. We have to be able to, to draw them in by showing compassion, empathy, and love. And that's the, that's the job with Pastor. There's no other way around it. You know, we can't be, uh, we can't clean the people before we catch them. And that's the whole thing. You know, yeah, we, we can't, can't clean them. You can't get to a place where you want to just, you know, start start just making people brand new without first identifying the things that they struggle with and what causes those things. We may not be able to fix all the problems as, as pastors, but we have opportunities to refer people. We have opportunities to to, uh, to get further help if they need further help. But we have to be able to to see things through their eyes um, to get an understanding of what they're dealing with. Thank you for that, uh, Pastor. I, I like the way you just use the word re- referral. Now, my background, of course, uh, I'm a pastoral counselor. Okay, when I say I'm a, I'm a pastoral counselor, is I, I'm, I am not licensed, but I have studied the past nine years of my life uh, in academics and, and in the field of pastoral counseling, Christian count, uh, counseling, and psychology. And uh, based on uh, my study, I, I began to gravitate toward uh, psychology, and then it went from. Uh, I, first of all, I began in, in, in clinical psychology. It's just a standard a psychology uh, a degree program. But when it was just a, a casual moment one day, I loved to read, and I was reading a Christian magazine, and I saw the term uh, Christian counseling, and I said, mm, Christian counseling. I like just standard uh, counseling, Christian counseling. I said, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor. Let me, let me look further into this. Uh, I was at Park University, so then uh, it was an uh, advertisement from Liberty University, and they had this uh, Christian counseling program, psychology. So, you know, I inquired, and then, you know, and the rest is history, because I stayed there my whole term, a uh, time of education, and it went from Christian counseling to pastoral counseling. And, and my background called this community care and counseling. Uh, and services. So therefore, uh, as a Christian pastoral counselor, uh, you said something. When people come to us with their struggles, with their problems, uh, understand they're going to come to you and I, uh, Pastor Dunn, before they go to that professional counselor. Now, that doesn't take anything away from the professional counselor. I'm going to say this, because you use the word I'm going to emphasize. You said when they come to us, and they have situations, they have struggles and problems that they may be dealing with. Addiction, uh, it could be pornography, it could be uh, drugs, it could be alcoholism, it could be just a, a various number of things. But when they get to the place and when they come to us, and you know, we offer the spiritual guidance, we, we offer them what they need to you know, see uh, from, uh, from this path to this next path. But when it gets beyond our scope of uh, expertise, our due diligence is to refer them. And, they, and that is ensuring that they're gonna get the help they need. Because as you said, we're not here to fix it. You know, no counselor is, is gonna fix anyone. As a matter of fact, the individual is the expert of the self. They know their uprising, they know their downrising, 
they know their triggers all above but yet we can you know step back and, and, and listen to them and as they share with us and we can help guide them come alongside them to get them where they need of course we may have our own uh, experience of what, what we learn about different uh, diagnoses and disorders and we can often, often maybe see some behaviors uh, that, that, that goes along with some of those things but yet still uh, we are here to come alongside them to help them along the way so I'm going to share this you share something with us that really blessed me I'm going to let it share here I'm going to pull it up Give it with me people you're going to let this play Wife's surgery went well, going home to rest. Waiting for a new heart. Nineteen-year-old son on life support. doesn't completely understand, too shocked to comprehend treatment options, waiting the hours in a waiting room, husband is terminally ill, visiting dad for the last time. Celebrating 25th wedding anniversary. Wife had a stroke, worried how he would take care of her. Recently divorced. Just found out he's going to be a dad. Daughter is getting married on Saturday. Determined to be there. Worried, how will he pay for this? Tomorrow, first vacation in years. Seven thousand miles from home. Nearing the end of a twelve-hour work shift. Seven years cancer-free. Hoping to hold her today. saw something on her mammogram. Just signed DNR. Always wanted a child of her own. 
ears all better, finally. A car accident six months ago. Pain won't go away. Tumor was benign. Tumor was malignant. If you could stand in someone else's shoes, hear what they hear, see what they see, feel what they feel, would you treat them differently? message behind that video, Dr. Hayes. I'm honored that I had the privilege to work with the clinic one time that they, they showed us this video. I'm sorry, I'm going to stop. Something's going on here. Oh, uh, wow. That interrupted us. One second. Uh, hold on. That would have to do. There we go. <laughs> My apologies, that interrupt our Zoom. Come on. Okay, there we go. That's so yeah, I was I was saying that, you know, that the video is such a powerful message behind it. Um, the last few statements, you know, if you can see what they see, if you can hear what they hear, and you can feel how they feel, you know, how would you treat them? Would you treat them differently? You know, sometimes we're in a hurry because we have all the difference. We push people off or we're in a hurry to kind of bias now judgmental and how we see people. But if we could see things the way they see them, would it make a difference on how we treat them even as pastors? Mm. Man, you, that's what really hit me, that last part, of course, of all the different scenarios that we're sharing, uh, what the individuals were going through from uh, the death of a husband, someone diagnosed with a, a cancer, uh, someone waiting in the waiting room and they, their time is, you know, a little impatient. Uh, and, uh, and then it showed real life situations, a gentleman working in the hospital and he's getting ready to go on vacation and just excited about it. But yet all these people going back and forth, like the gentleman that had the crutches who had been in an accident for six months, uh, I mean recovering in the six month period. But life, even though what we go through in life, through our trials, our traumas, and uh, things that we deal with in life, life still goes on. But it says, if you could stand in someone else's shoes, oh, yes. hear what they hear, see what they see, feel what they feel. Now, that's what we talk about, that empathy. Feel oh, yeah. what yes. they feel. And the question at the end of that, Pastor, would you treat them differently? Mm. That's a good question that we all have to ask ourselves. Yes. Would you treat them differently? And I believe when you have empathy for someone and you can see what they see, feel what they feel, you will treat them differently. You will have a compassionate spirit towards them. You would have a spirit to want to help them and to, and to uplift them and to encourage them. You know, and that, that's the greatest thing about empathy is that it shows a, another level of compassion. Mm, another level of compassion. Now, that, that, that's another word. Uh, I love the word that God said. It is of the Lord's mercy. Yes. And we are not consumed. 
for they are new every morning. Yes. And his compassions, what? Yes, that's right. They fail not. They fail not. So, but you just said, uh, when we see that, uh, uh, see, see through the eyes of others and see what they're going through, it raises our level uh, of, of, of empathy, even that, even that much more of compassion and concern for them. You know, uh, there's a there's a script I want to read, uh, and and I and I and I use it all the time in the book of Second uh, Corinthians, uh, the first chapter, and we'll go to the third verse. It says, "Blessed be the God." And the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we, come on somebody, we, we, we say in church, look at your neighbor, and we know right now we're in this COVID-19, right? So we gotta, so you know, we, we tell people in the chat, type in the chat, it says, but but that, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. You That's see, right. we gotta have that compassion and, and that concern and that empathy for others, just like God had for us. I mean, he had mercy on us. He didn't judge Terrence based on the sins Terrence did, but I heard about the gospel of Jesus Christ and it pricked my heart and, I, and it drew me you know, many people, you know, make the statement, you know, uh, I mean, uh, you, you got you to gotta, gotta get things cleaned up and get things straight up to come to God. But brothers and sisters, just come as you are. That's right. And you come to God as you are. Pastor Barry, tell him, tell him what he'll do for them, just as they are. Oh, he'll take you clean you and start out. He'll turn your life around. I'm a witness to that. Uh, my testimony is very powerful, Dr. Hayes. God brought me a mighty long way. Yes. And, uh, when, when the Lord puts it on my heart to go into details, I will. But I will say this, that when you see my story now, see my life as it at now, but where God has brought me from. He's brought me from a lifestyle where I would have never dreamed to be where I were today. Passing the church, a registered nurse, things of that nature. But God's love goes beyond our faults and see our needs. And we have so much to rejoice for. In fact, the scripture says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. He loved us so much that he didn't wait till he got it right. Right. He died for us while we were yet sinners. He didn't die for us while we were still a rich and then while we while our business was not straight, while we didn't have nothing in order. He saw us, he looked, he looked down the line and saw us and said, They're worth saving. They're mm. worth dying for. So we yes. thank God that his, his love goes beyond our faults and he sees our needs and he knows what's best for us. And the same love that he has for us, he has for the, the people that come to us broken. They come to us wounded. They come to the house of God. They come looking for a, a way out. They come looking for deliverance. And we as pastors have to exemplify that empathy to show them and to point them to the cross. And we have to do it in a way where it's non-judgmental. We, we can't make them feel that, that Christ is disappointing them. But we have to make them feel that Christ loves them in spite of what they're going through. Yes. Oh, I like that, that Christ loves them in spite of what they're going through. Pastor Dunn, here we are in this COVID-19. Uh, we've been in it. Uh, going on now, uh, this what, 16, 17 months? You know, and yes, and, and, and you know, you are being a healthcare professional as you are, no doubt you see many people come in the hospital and going through what they've gone through. And so with that being said, uh, and, and, I, and I thank God for you because I think what really 
uh, blessed me about you. The fact is, when, when I saw the video that you shared, all these persons were in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Okay, they they all were coming somewhere for help. Oh yeah, they were all coming for uh, whatever they was diagnosed with. Um, uh, maybe getting a a, 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 a diagnosis of maybe something that's going on in their lives. So, but, but then we always say this: that the church is a hospital. Church hospital. Do we really mean that, Pastor? Come on. I mean, because, because you said <laughs> something. Because you said something. Because when they come just as they are, broken, wounded, sad. We, we can't, we don't want to make them like they want to leave the hospital, right? No. No, we have to have that open arms approach. And we have to be able to um, put away pride. You know, sometimes we look at people and we, we have this uh, notion that based on how they dress or how they look, that, they, that they, they're not helped, that they, they can't be helped. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, is that God can help any and everybody, any disorder, any illness, any mental problem, any addiction. There's nothing too hard for our God. But we have to be careful that we don't run people away as leaders. And that yeah. we, have, we have the doors open to where people would want to come. As a hospital, you know, when the hospital's open, they have all the resources there. Mm-hmm. Now, some people pick and choose which hospital they go to when they're sick, but they find themselves at a hospital usually where they know they're going to get the best care. Right. So our church has to be that kind of place where the people will come in knowing they're going to get the best care. They're going to get the greatest word that we can give them through, through our Lord Jesus Christ. They're going to receive the best compassion, the best empathy. And again, I always say this. It doesn't mean that we're condoning anything negative. It means that we're showing love to people regardless of their condition. Because Christ showed love to us in the states that we were in. I wasn't yeah. always saved. And I thank God that he did save me today. Right. Yes, sir. And I, I love that. I, I like see. I, I'm listening to a pattern of your speech, and you said it more than once. We're not condoning anything that's uh, you know that's not uh, aligned with the word of God. But the same token, until they get there, we're gonna be patient. We're gonna teach them. That's it. Show them the example of Christ. You know, I look at the woman that that was called in adultery, and and those brothers, those men, they, the people wanted to take her to to Jesus and they wanted to stone her and do all that other stuff. But then, and, but, but, but when Jesus, when they brought her to Jesus, mm-hmm. oh, they brought her to the right one, didn't they? <laughs> uh, and then he, and he, and he stooped down and he started writing, you know, all them, and they started backing up fast and they started going right. off and they, they left, you know, and, they <laughs> and, then when, and all of a sudden Jesus looked up and she said, woman, where, where are your accusers? <laughs> what, what did she say, Pastor? Listen, he told them, brother, he said, he who without sin cast the first stone. Yeah. That's enough to make you reflect over your own self yes. when you're making a, when you're making a, a judgment about somebody else. Yes. You know, none of us perfect. None you know, of us. But the compassion that Christ had, he didn't condone that woman's act. That's but right. he showed love. And he showed love in a way where a letter to a better place. Amen. I love that, man, God. And you know, you said something here, and you know what? Uh, Pastor Dunn and I, this is just the beginning of greater things to come. Uh, I said to him, we want to just kind of just kind of introduce this this conversation, and, and we, can, we can talk more in depth at another time. But uh, it's, it was so passionate that we uh, shared it. And I want to say this. I heard you say something about your own personal story. You know, I have my own personal story. And as you said, we don't have the, I won't have the time to maybe delve all into it. But I will say this, 
what drew me to uh, pastoral counseling, to psychology, was through my own trauma. Uh, as an 11-year-old boy, uh, I experienced a great trauma. My mom committed suicide, and that just changed the trajectory of my life forever. Uh, but, you know, as an 11-year-old kid, I didn't understand what was happening. And uh, I'll say this, many times people who deal with suicide, they, they, they have tunnel vision, and they only see one way out. And I believe that was where my mom was. Uh, but, and, but, but you know what, when I was studying, I was, I was on vacation, Pastor. And uh, everywhere I go, you know, I'll take a book, I'm reading wherever I go. And I was sitting, my wife was in the, in the mall with my daughter. I was down in uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And of course, uh, going on vacation, I was still a student in school, you know. Uh, there I was reading uh, one of my textbooks. And it was about uh, women, the, the women that are in suffering and et cetera, et cetera. But nonetheless, when I began to read this book about uh, counseling women, it spoke about suicide. And man, it said, and, and you know what? And, and I couldn't really explain how I felt as a kid, what was happening. But when I read that book and that and that setting, I'm like, I'm like uh, 52 or three years old, man. And it said, when a person commits suicide, what they don't realize is the pain that they're trying to escape, it just transfers to those of us who they leave behind. And I just, the tears just drop because my mom's escape of her getting away from her pain, that fell on me. I felt her hurt. I felt her pain. My heart, uh, you know, that you can say that you were your mom's heart. Well, I know what that means because I, I because what I saw, I, I, I felt something was not well with her. Something wasn't right with her. She, whatever she was dealing with, uh, she didn't necessarily verbalize it because again, I could, I don't want to get on the getting off to that. That'd be another conversation. But here's my point: as you said, when we ourselves have been through situations of life uh, that wasn't so perfect, that wasn't so pleasant, that wasn't so good. We find ourselves understanding another person's plight for what we went through. And it, and it, and it helps us to have sympathy in a more a real way, in a more compassionate way, in a more understanding way, man of God. So just, uh, I love that, that you shared that. I would say this before we close, you know, uh, as pastors, let's remember that when we are coming across people that are coming to us wounded, coming to us hurt, broken, let's be active listeners. Let's let's have an ear where we're able to hear what they're saying without looking for an opportunity to condemn them or to or to or to come back with the rebuttal. But sometimes just listening means a lot. And your body language, how you listen means a lot. You know, if, if you sit there looking mean and deep, arms folded, people don't want to talk to you. But if you put a smile on your face and you make them feel warm and welcome, they'll open up to you, and then you can get to the to the inside of how to be able to help them, and how to be able to show the empathy that they need or that they're looking for. And this is with all areas walks of life. They might come from a, a drug background, as you stated. They may come from, you know, um, abuse or, or a broken home or whatever it may be. You know, people deal with mental illness. They don't escape that. You know, and, and and for them, you know, sometimes just somebody listening to them. But the compassionate spirit and, and being able to to, to 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 just absorb what they're saying mm-hmm. without the without the, the, the negative body language. We're not saying negative, I mean defensive, where 
your yeah. arms are supposed to be sitting back looking. I don't have a degree in psychology, but I did study a little bit nursing school. But we yeah. have to be careful about body language are showing yes. that we're expecting to receive it. What people are coming to us with. That makes a difference. This time where I wasn't talking to nobody because they didn't seem approachable. And I was dealing with things in my childhood coming up and, and not to digest anything, but just just to just to bring it to, to your attention is that we go through things in life, but if we can't talk to people about it and they understand or they have empathy towards us, we sometimes shut away. Mm-hmm. And then you have people who will go leave the church, they won't come back because they feel that there's no one to talk to. There's mm-hmm. no one to understand them. So we have to make sure that when people are coming to us for counsel, or just for words of advice, or just for a pat on the back, or words of encouragement, that we're doing it in the way of love and kindness, where they can, they'll feel encouraged and we won't feel disheartened when we leave. Oh man, I love that. Oh, I'm going to tell you, Pastor, uh, you have the right heart. And to those who are listening on tonight, uh, you're blessed to have a pastor like Pastor Dunn, because he says something that's so true. And let, let me say this, because you, you and I both are pastors. And you said uh, you may not have a, a psychology background degree in that, that study. But again, uh, pastors, men of God, there are women pastors out there as well. We have to understand we are what people need. They need us. They need us to be just as Pastor Dunn said. We need to be attentive to them. We need to listen to them. But you spoke about our body language. You know, uh, and, and counselor, they use expression. When a person comes to you for counseling, you got to make sure you show you, you you exercise fit, meaning you you understand where they are. You know what you you listen to their story. You're following along with them because your goal is to help them. So, but you can't come in there well with, with an attitude as if get this right. Uh, yeah. So, so it, let's say, for example, someone is really talking and intense, and they got a very uh, a, a compelling, strong uh, story or good going through, and then by your body language, you, you kind of lean in as if I'm really here, right? Here to you hear you. I'm really here. You can trust me. This is a safe place. Okay. But, but, but in my clothes, as you mentioned here, uh, I love it that you brought up listening. Because if we don't listen, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm loving my uh, my my, my uh, adjunct professor role, and I'm teaching uh, introduction to pastoral counseling. Right. Well, one of the uh, readings is speak about uh, an individual came to his pastor, and he feared coming to his pastor based on what he thought or he felt uh, uh, the behavior he had done. That, that, well, in this particular case story. Uh, he had got involved in a situation in his marriage, etc. But anyway, when he came to the pastor, the pastor kind of uh, uh, took him, uh, caught him off guard because he didn't approach him like he thought in his mind. See, sometimes we can assume something and, and it's not going to be like you think it is. But anyway, but uh, it, uh, uh, the author is is, is, is is Kohler. And Kohler says, when people come to us, we, we, we're sometimes short of raising an offering in the counseling session because instead mm. of you listening to them, you just preach the sermon. Mm. Uh, wow. The, the, the counseling room is not a time to preach a sermon. That's right. Pastor, say that for Sunday. Okay? That's right. Here you go. <laughs> you know, say that for midweek Bible study. But when That's the right. person comes to your office, you don't need the deacons to come in there and raise an offering, but that's what it <laughs> seems like. Because that's right. You, because you're going on all about this and you haven't heard anything about what they said and you done left them and they're going to walk out your office just as wounded and sad 
as they were when they That's came right. in there. So thank you, Pastor, for saying that we need to listen. We need to listen uh, to provide a safety, to understand, and our goal is to help to clarify without agreeing, without disagreeing, without advising, and without defending. You know what? I use this, uh, this car right here as a pastor, the listener and, and the talker. And uh, mm. I've shared, I've shared this with, with pastors who come to my office. I just give it out because it's a great tool for us to have. Because we need, you said something. People choose what hospital they want to go to to get the best care. Well, guess what? They come to our house of our houses of worship. We should offer them the best spiritual guidance, the best that's spiritual right. care. We should have a right now word. We don't want to. We, we want to have a word that's going to prick their hearts, lift their brokenness, lift their heaviness. My God! Now, now, now I'm trying to breathe. You're supposed to be talking. Right, you go, Pastor. <laughs> you know, well, Pastor Don, any closing comment before we go? Um, well, we summed up so much today, and I want to just thank you for having me on tonight with you. Um, let's remember as leaders, and as not just leaders, but as all of us as believers, as Christians everywhere, let's show empathy to all of our brothers and sisters that comes to us, whether it's, um, whether it's people coming into our churches, whether it's family members who are not saved. Let's present ourselves in a way where we are showing that brotherly love to our people around us. They may know Christ through the way that we live in and that we may be able to present him in a way where it's through loving kindness that we belong in and not through our own um, emotions in which we may display some some type of prejudgment or bias or anything that's not, but even that's contrary to, to God himself, our Lord Jesus Christ, which is through loving kindness that we draw on us. We want people to be led to Christ the same way. And if we keep that compassion in our heart, I believe that many will come. You know, they, they're looking for a place to come. They're looking for someone to hear them. They're looking, they're looking because they're broken, you know, they're looking because they're going through health issues and health disparities and things of that nature. And, and we as we as Christians in these last number of days have the greatest source, resource available in the world. That's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we can present to this dying world and the suffering world a God who can supply all their needs, who can save, deliver, and set free. We serve a mighty God who can do all things but fail. Thank you, Dr. Hayes, for having us having me on today with you. Oh man, thank you, Pastor Don. I loved it. And you know, we came with a very common conversation, a very a common discussion. We didn't make it so deep, so high that no one can understand what we're saying. Because the word empathy is simply defined as the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Simple, just that simple. That's what empathy is. It is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. And to all those who listen on tonight, uh, it is our prayer that you uh, receive uh, the care that you need, the spiritual care, the warmth, the love, the compassion. Uh, go to your pastor, go to your shepherds. They're there for you to uh, be there, to uh, come alongside you. We, we, we've had a lot of loss, a lot of death. You know, a situation going just from A to Z in, in life. But but the church, the churches are in our communities. They're here for the people around the corner, up the street, around the road. You know, uh, they want to come to a church that cares about them, oh, yes. that, that, that loves them. It's not about how much money you can bring to church. We're not talking about no money tonight. We're about that. 
God will provide. We ain't not worried about that. You know, what, what the song said, be not dismayed, whatever be time, because God will take care of you. You know, God is taking care of his people. But again, we need to know our role as pastors, as shepherds, to have the love and the compassion, just as Jesus Christ had for that dying world. As Pastor Dunn said, he saved us right where we were. We weren't perfect, but we needed him. And thank God he found us. So again, we'll, we'll do this again, Pastor. Absolutely. I enjoyed myself talking to you today, Dr. Hayes. Amen. Be blessed, everyone. God bless you. God bless. Thank you.